I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With Science. Science. Today we go to the limits of sporting possibility and ask, is it so hard to achieve sporting perfection? Really? 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 Is it that difficult to achieve a perfect 10 in gymnastics? So tough to go a whole season unbeaten in the NFL or even pitch a perfect game? I mean, no hits full stop. Yes, and if we're going to go there, then we certainly need a co-pilot, and who better than the man himself, speaking of perfect, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson! Why'd you make me wear this now? (laughs) (laughs) You stopped by the store on the way in, don't you? No, no, I'm I'm born and raised in the Bronx. There you go. So for those of you who uh, don't have the benefit of uh, watching us on uh, StarTalkAllAccess.com, if you're just listening, Neil! Is in full Yankee regalia. Yeah, yeah I got the hat, hat the jacket, the jacket, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. But I'm, I'm, I'm a legit Yankee fan, born and raised in the Bronx. He's what we call a bomber legacy. And I'll tell you this: in my formative kid years, mm-hmm. where you know that's when you're you're most likely to be a Yankee fan, a, 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 a baseball fan when right. you're right. when you're. Your dad takes you to the game, kind right. of thing. Right. That was the driest episode of Yankee oh, yeah. franchise there ever was. I was a fan during uh, the awful, awful years. People don't know that the Yankees had during the eighties. They were a a bad, bad. And I'm talking about even seventies uh, before, before before Reggie Jackson. Right. Well, Reggie there Jackson. Are baseball fans around. around the world welling up. Right now, <laughs> with laughter, <laughs> really. I said, "What the Yankees were bad? Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, they went like a dozen years without without getting yeah, long, into the big drought. Big, big that's drought. a drought for the Yankee. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a drought. It is. I'm I'm boiling in this jacket. I, I got to take off. The oh, we'll take the jacket okay. off. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and while you're doing that, we better get to our guest. Yes, because our other guest, our other guest. Yeah, and joining us via Skype is Houston Astros announcer, our very good friend Jeff Blum. Oh, yes. previous show. Home Run Science. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing extremely well until you showed Neil with that jacket on. I'm good. (laughs) You you know, there's some things we can do and some things we can't do. That was the latter. Well, let's get into this game, right? Uh, This game meeting our show, right? said that the, the most difficult thing to achieve in elite sport was, as a baseball player, hit a fastball. And then you sat us down and said, I have another idea. Yeah. And you came up with... The perfect game to pitch the perfect game is the hardest to be thing to do in sports. Period. Most difficult. Well, well, so the, what what led me there was if you're just trying to find something that's hard to do, yeah. let's look at the singularly hard things that have happened in sports. All right. Okay. So you can say, how about a hole in one in golf? All right. So you could go your whole life and not hit a hole in one, but they kind of happen often enough. They, they'll make the news a few mm. times yeah, yeah. in a golf season, and maybe not the pros, but it's um, somebody's somebody doing it. Somebody's going to hit a hole in one. So so it's. It's rare but not impossible, and you don't take that person and build statues to them, right? No. So, whereas I just thought a perfect and, and yes, hitting a baseball with a round object, yep, going ninety miles an hour when the person who threw it, the whole point of why they're throwing it at you is so that you don't hit it, mm. and the fans are screaming. And Jeff, you know, back me up on this. Here you are on a field. In a in a in a in a and you're in a you're a visitor in a in another stadium, and they're throwing a 90 mile an hour, and everyone is booing you, <laughs> and you're exposed. You're supposed to hit the ball, where in golf the ball is sitting at your feet, not moving. And they're telling people to shoot. And they're telling people, quiet, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys feel about that? 
just wondering. <laughs> it's all experience. It's a matter of going through that process. But you're right. I mean, it's one thing physically and scientifically to actually try and manipulate a bat to hit a round bat to hit a round ball. Uh, but then you add on top of it uh, the added pressure of the fans. Just they are just waiting for that moment when you swing and miss. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So here's what happens. So yes. so rather than look at uh, yes, it is. It's it's odd that we have a sport called baseball where if you succeed a third of the time, you are a Hall of Famer. So that's just kind of really weird, right? You're batting yeah. 333 your whole life. You're the best hitter, you know, top 100 hitters there ever was. That's just that's that's an extraordinary fact. It that is such a thing exists in this yeah. sport. But then I thought, how about other kinds of achievements? And let's look at the perfect game. Right. To remind people what a perfect game is, it is you retire 27 consecutive players, three per inning. No one successfully reaches first base. And so that that's so not only is the pitcher mm-hmm. awesome, mm-hmm. but your fielders are backing you up. Yes. Your fielders, they can't make an error. Hey, Jeff, let me ask you, since yeah. uh, Neil just brought that up, uh, you were an infielder. Were you ever mm-hmm. a part of a perfect? Did you ever contribute to a perfect game? I was never witness or uh, played in a perfect game. I played in a no-hitter, and oddly enough, it happened in Yankee Stadium when I was with the Houston Astros. We had six pitchers uh, go out there and throw a no-hitter against I remember that game. Yankees. I might have even yeah. been at that game because at the really? end, they because they, they, it was kind of a little Did bit... You hear someone booing really, really loud. No, 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 no. It was oh, kinda, funny. It was just weird because it was a little bit anticlimactic, right? Yep. The Yankees get no hit, but they're like four relief pitchers in there, and at the end of the game, they all gathered i'm looking in the field they all right. gathered for the cameras i say why are they interviewing all? and i said then i looked up at the scoreboard <laughs> holy oh, that's a, holy shit holy he's got no hit it's a no hitter yeah yeah it's, right. a, it's, a, and and it's a no hitter by committee by committee <laughs> <laughs> that's what was funny. the reaction of the whole club what the whole club how did the whole team how did they react to that event well, well, to Neil's point, uh, the replay that we continue to show throughout the years is Billy Wagner closes it out and gets a ground ball to first base. Jeff Bagwell, Hall of Famer, flips it to Billy, and he steps on the base, and Billy's got two hands in the air. Yeah, we did it! And Jeff Bagwell has this look on his face like, man, dude, we just won a game. What's the big deal? <laughs> you know? And, and all of a sudden, it kind of it dominoed through the team, and we were like, holy cow, we did something special, man. <laughs> but just to be clear, okay. when I first... I wanted to do a reality check on how often you would expect a perfect game. Okay. Okay. And so at the time I did this, there were like 15 perfect games ever pitched. Okay. Uh, By the way, three of them pitched by Yankees. Okay. Um, So that's that's extraordinary. Uh, One of them in the World Series, which we'll get to in just a minute. Right. At the time I did this calculation, there were 15 perfect games. Okay. And I said, that's not a big number, guys. Look at how many games are... Are played over two hundred thousand games. How many years this yeah. has been going on? Mm-hmm. So I said, let me just do a sanity check on this calculation. Okay. And what you do is you can say, all right, let's say you're batting uh, three hundred. Just to mm-hmm. all right. So that means the pitcher has a seventy percent chance of getting you out. Okay, or, or you're not getting a hit. Okay, right. okay. So it's in my favor as a pitcher. So now Gary comes up to bat. Let's say he's also a 300 pitter. It's still in my favor, 70% chance. But for me to get both of you out, it's the joint probability of getting you out and getting you out. And mathematically, I take 0.7 and multiply that by 0.7. That's the the rest of what is in the average 
okay. taken away by batting 300, right? Okay. So 30% chance you'll get a hit, 70% chance you're not going to get a hit. Okay. So all you have to do is multiply this 27 times. Oh, my God. Okay. Then you get a probability of, you get how many games that will happen if all other things being sort of equal. Now, the first time I did this calculation, I didn't do it right because I only took people's batting averages. But oh. if you want a perfect game, you're not getting the first base at all. Oh, so on base average as so, well. Yeah, but at, at the time oh. I did this, on base percentage was not a thing. When did on base percentage become a, uh, Jeff, uh, become a, a, a statistic that people tracked? Um, you know what? They did track it quite a bit, but they didn't track it in the sense of adding it into an on-base percentage and batting average and slugging percentage. It wasn't until about four or five years ago. That they got that other start- thing, that other yeah, number. Yeah, they started... It's OPS. Yeah, which makes no freaking sense because it can be more than one and it's no, no, yeah. I don't, I'm not buying it. Just Well, the, the reason is because all these analytics, they want to take batting average out of it. They want to they show production and they show production as far as getting on base and slugging. So they take slugging percentage and add that to on base percentage. Therefore, you get OPS. That makes sense because it's kind of like measuring productivity in the workforce. Like you yeah. can show up to work every day on time and leave every day 10 be the last guy to leave, but if you don't do crap while you're there, who cares? <laughs> but my point is, uh, as, as someone who is mathematically literate, that that statistic has no math, makes no mathematical sense right. whatsoever. You can't just add percentages. It just doesn't work. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 think no, no, this yeah, through. Right. Okay? Yeah. Want, right. If you succeed 80% of the time and I succeed 80% of the time, we both don't succeed 160% of the, the time. time. Right. So, 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 don't get me stripped. Wait, but let me finish this out. So what I had to do was the <laughs> uh, use it, the on-base percentage, which is higher for everyone. Right. Because sometimes you get a walks. walk. So it's just to be clear, on-base percentage, and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's your batting average plus your walks plus hit by pitch plus catcher interference Oh. plus um, taking a base on a strikeout. Okay. Okay. Is there any other way to get to first base? Uh, um, well, um, no. it depends on how much she likes you. Oh! Yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. I'm going to carbon date that joke. <laughs> yeah, that was, listen, carbon date you said joke. you could edit this later, right? Yeah, you see, yeah. Hey, look, I'm a dad. That's a dad joke. That was a dad joke. Okay. Jeff, yeah. what stat do the players focus on? Because the well, He was going to answer my question hey, first. Is he? Okay, I'll get in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I forgot the question. Is there any other way to get to first um, base? No, yes. no, that's the only way to get to first base, uh, yeah, other than off the field. But... Um, um, I'm not too sure if they actually take into account getting on by uh, uh, by strikeout because that counts against your batting average. Um, and the uh, catcher's interference is counted as an error against the catcher, so I don't think they count that. It has to be a walk uh, and hit by pitch or intentional walk. Yeah, but if I got on base, I got on base. If I, if yes, I freaked out the catcher, so, there are they, limitations. <laughs> there are always limitations. So, 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 reg- so regardless, can't take credit for the other guy screwing up. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> well, so this is why I want to start a movement. Uh-oh. If you walk on ten pitches, mm-hmm. that counts as a hit. If you walk on oh, four man. pitches, it counts against the pitcher. 
So I because we changed my numbers then. No, 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 no. So, what do you think of this? You're counting battling the pitcher. Yes. What you're saying if I can battle the pitcher and and I exhaust all their strikes and I and I have a good eye, I earn that base. That should count in my favor. It shouldn't be a non at bat and count against the pitcher. I I stole. I took that base. And so you got to come up with some number of pitches uh, for which you then get credited with that. Jeff, on this show, I am always for changing games. So what do you think about this? That's I mean, I kind of see what he's saying. What do you think about that as a hitter? You, you, well, you, you talked about how hard it is to hit a baseball and get credit for it. Right. You should be able to you shouldn't be able to get a hit without getting a hit. Oh, oh okay. okay. So you're it. saying that that cheapens the actual batting average yeah, if okay. you were to yeah. allow that For to me. be a part of it. Okay. okay. So I got another one. Just because I, I, well, yep. I got You're on the okay. roll. I'm on the roll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you get hit by a pitch on ball four, you should be able to go to second base. Oh. Okay. Uh, where about oh, he's got, he got him. I got him. No, no. Whereabouts yeah. you hit? Because there's different. You, you, no, it doesn't matter. Location. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of I mean, like Barry. I, I kind of I like Gary's thing because if you get hit in the balls, which is almost impossible, cruel to you'll actually place. go to third base. <laughs> well, okay. if the ball hits you in the balls, it counts. That's three. That's three balls. Hey. <laughs> we love the math. I'm see, this is how you. math works. You see, <laughs> two plus. Plus one equals three. All right, so uh, come okay. on. Let's, let's okay, so watch this. Let's conclude the equation. Okay, so you do the numbers now <laughs> with um, uh, with on base percentage because a perfect game, no one makes it to first base at all. Right. As opposed to a no hitter, where just no one gets a hit, but you can give up a walk. Right. You can even have an error. Right. This sort of thing. Okay. And so, so I ran the numbers. So, so what you do is you can get sort of the average batting average for a team. All right, mm-hmm. and it's actually lower than you think. I, I just checked yeah, this yesterday. Sense. So the American League batting average, which is typically higher than that for the National League, because we have the we you know yeah. uh, we have the um, designated, designated hitter, hitter right? right? So oh. there's not this sort of easy out with the pitcher batting ninth. So our our averages are just slightly higher. The average for the entire league is 250. Wow, the whole league, the whole wow. league. Yes, the average of the team averages is yeah. 250. Jeff is nodding. Yeah, right. So, so yep. that means you got some folks batting 240 to whatever you know, they, mm. and that that rounds out your club. Okay. So that means this is even more in the favor of the pitcher if you're trying to pitch a perfect game. But you'll always have some batter that's batting three something, mm-hmm. right? So, but again, I just wanted to do a sanity check on that number 15. Okay, that's all I did. So you take 250. Right. And you say, all right, there's a 75% chance I want to get every player out every time I face them. Right. Okay? Give everybody a 250 bat. Yeah, it's just a sanity check. Right. All right? If you do the calculation perfectly, you would, you would yeah. stretch that out. But watch. So you do it. So 0.25 times 0.25 times 0.25. Do that 27 times. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're getting to some. Then you find out how often would that happen. All right? It's like one in 15,000 games. To some crazy... It's Okay? Right. So then... Uh, was that the number? I, 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 I better double check my notes on that, but it's some one in a huge number. Then I looked at all the games ever played. Yeah. You have 30 teams right now, and they play 162 games, mm-hmm. but a, a team plays another team. So it's half that number, right? Right, Because right. you're counting games now, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's uh, 30 teams playing 81 games. 
total games, okay? If you want to think about it that way. Because they're playing each other. They're playing each other. And then you multiply, then you, you add up all the games back to, you go, stay in the modern era, that 1800s baseball. What the hell was going on back then? Dude, I don't know. They weren't playing with gloves and they were playing with like, you know, a sock ball. Who knows, man? And some of the numbers are crazy. <laughs> yeah, so you want to stay in the, the, the relatively modern era. Yeah, yeah not so, the shoeless Joe Jackson era. <laughs> so it's basically 100 years of ball. So, so when I did this, I came up with like the number 12 or something. I mean, it was, it was a sanity check. The real number was 15. I got 12 and I said, oh my gosh, this is actually working as a calculation. And so right now we are up to 20 or 21 runs. 23. 23, 23, yeah. perfect, 23 games. perfect games. And I'm, I'm just saying a perfect game is a stunning fact in baseball. We are going to take a break. Don't forget, coming up after, we will have Neil deGrasse Tyson and Jeff Blum. So that's one World Series winning hitter and your personal guide to the universe. Stick around. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is Playing With Science. And today we are talking about the hardest thing to do in sports. And according to Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, that is pitching the perfect game in baseball, not just hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball, but pitching the perfect game. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose the most famous perfect game has to be back in 1956, Yankees versus the Dodgers. Yeah, and the Yankees, uh, yes, it was ver what, the Brooklyn Dodgers, I yeah. think they were at the yes. time. Really something special. A real local event. Yeah, because if you calculate, if you're going to calculate the odds of pitching a perfect game using everyone's on-base percentage, you would expect that you would be more likely to throw a perfect game against a last-place team. Right. The last-place team, all their numbers are suppressed, mm -hmm. right? They're not going to be, you're not going to have the good hitters. Mm -hmm. They probably don't even have any marquee players. Mm -hmm. So I would bet... Most I haven't checked this, but I would bet that most of the no hitters in perfect games that have been pitched have been against sort of lesser teams in the rankings. Okay, makes sense. So statistically, statistically, you'd expect that, right? So if it's different from that, I'd be very surprised. But but let's keep that for the moment. So in 1956, in the World Series, the Yankees, the best team in the American League, are playing the Dodgers, the best team in the National League, mm -hmm. and Don Larson pitches a perfect game. All right, right. let's play. Mm -hmm. Play it. Larson is ready. Gets the sign. This strikes ball, and here comes the pitch. Strike three. I know you love your numbers. 97 pitches. That's all Larson took. Okay, so the minimum, well, the minimum pitches would be 27 pitches. Right, right. Um, we have three down yeah, all the way through. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, one pitch three, out. Three, right. One pitch out. Right. Uh, so 97 pitches. Oh, 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 so that, okay. You I can see throw 27 pitches. You can pitches. throw 27 pitches. That means it's a minimum it's, game. It's contact on all 27, and then you're out. And the fielder, uh, and the fielder plays it, and you're out. Right. Gotcha. 97 pitches today, Jeff, they would they would have taken, oh. well, not in that game, but today, nobody pitches 97. No one throws 100 pitches anymore. Isn't that right? No, you're extremely right. Yeah, you get to 100 pitches, all of a sudden bullpens are up and managers are freaking out right. and they take the guy out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but do you, no do you take Don Larson out in this game? God, no. 
Okay. <laughs> no. You need to call a God for that one answer. Is that hindsight? Wait, no, honestly, uh, Jeff, is that hindsight speaking or is that uh, just the fact that when somebody gets to the seventh or eighth inning, no matter how many pitches they've thrown, if they're throwing a perfect game, you leave them Even in. a no-hitter. No, even, no if, even, even if even if they're no throwing more than their average per game, and they might take them out of the next rotation. Yeah, they would. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. There's actually, I believe, it was Edwin Jackson with the Arizona Diamondbacks who threw a no hitter, had ten punch outs, walked eight guys, and threw 150 pitches. But the manager left him in, and they did skip his next start. So yeah, that would that would happen. But in a perfect game, you are not touching anything. You're yeah, letting that yeah. guy play it out. Right, right. All right, Jeff. So here we go. I'm going to read you a list of names. Mm-hmm. Dick Williams, Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese. Pee Wee Reese. Reese. Pee Wee Reese. Silent E, like DeGrasse. Silent Ray Campan- E. <laughs> Campanella. Which, by the way, and before. Duke S- Snyder, all future Hall of Fame batsmen that yeah. Larson flew past. Oh, that, yeah. they, they batted against Larson in that game. Give me that list again. Oh, okay. okay. And Dick this? Williams, Gil- Jackie Gil Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Roy Campanella, and Duke Snyder. And Jackie Robinson is in that list. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, when you said against so that goes to your teams, point. that's why that's, this is absolutely stellar. Right, right. And I think Don Larson is not in the Hall of Fame and not as a player as for lifetime Yankee performance. Bearer is. So, so my sense of this is if you have achieved something so singular right. that no one has done it before or since, nor can anyone even think you get to go. that happening, that's... Put the put the boy. There's this mention of him just yes. in, in the history part, but I'm thinking this. If that's all he did in his life, that he gets to go. Put him in. Well, even for that, I mean, even if you were to, you know how they say asterisk. Like, okay, Hall of Famers now going to have to ask, have the asterisks because you know blah blah blah. So do that. Put him in and put an asterisk. Like, yeah, it's uh, the singular this thing. This is the singular thing that he mm-hmm. did, and no one else has ever done it. And it's the hardest thing to do in sports. And that that going back to your point about Don Larson and the Hall of Fame. Yes, it is the only ever perfect game in a World Series. Correct. Yes. Correct. And alone. Right. And and it's the only no hitter. Only no hitter. It's even the no, yeah, only no hitter. Exactly. And it's even more than the no hitter. More, it's more than the no hitter. Game five, game six, then game five. And in game two, I think he had two innings and they pulled him out. He wasn't very good. And he came back and delivered mm-hmm. a, a, a game like well, that. It's awesome. Yeah, well, the fact is that, I mean, the fact that he's not in the world's, I mean, in the Hall of Fame lets you know that this singular accomplishment was his singular accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the one hit. It's, it's like the one hit wonders, you know. Exactly. Well, let me hear the rest of that he's album. The, he's the it's Millie like, Vanilli of baseball. <laughs> oh, hey. you're, you're taking him out at the knees I'm there. So, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. No, I'm just saying. You know, you hear the one hit wonder, and you say, "Let me hear the rest of what's on that album," and it sucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the singular. No, the, that's it. That's, I, I like achievement. I like it when people's talent, artistic. Physical, athletic, rises up against everything else. You have to just stand awestruck in what they have performed. I've got, I've got his corner. I've got Don's corner. No matter what Chuck says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, we talked about Don Larson, only perfect game and only no hitter in World Series history. But you know, it it doesn't end there. Uh, Let's take a look at Randy Johnson, who uh, your friend, who I, who I, six foot nine, Randy Johnson. I would so much rather be Randy Jackson. (laughs) You know, give me a tissue. Uh, Six foot nine of him. I'll say. Which, by the way, one of the most dominant pitchers ever, right, Jeff? I mean, seriously. Did you face Randy Johnson? I did. He's in my book. I got him. I I hit a home run off in my. Oh, 
nicely done, my yep. friend. Yeah. Nicely and, done. And he, he MF'd me the entire way around the bases. It was great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that uh, must have been music to your ears. Yeah, that's got to be great. It was. That's got to be great having Randy Jackson call you MF the entire time. You're Randy Johnson. The, I'm sorry, Randy Jackson. Yeah, he was, uh, Randy was singing. He's Randy Jackson now, people. Yeah. You notice, I keep saying it. From this moment onward. Yeah, you have a teammates. Well, you have a teammates because you were at the Diamondbacks as well. No, I missed him. No, oh, okay. I okay. Him. okay. So let me ask you yeah. when you when you face him because he was so tall. Is are you taking that into account in any way? How yes. do you how do you look at him? Where do you look for the release? What kind of? By the way, he's pitched a perfect game. Yes, he has. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, which we're we're going to take a look at that in a uh -huh. second. Uh -huh. But I just want to know. Well, maybe we should look at the clip and then we'll. Yeah, talk the, yeah about but that. put him on the on let's, the. Let's on look the, at yeah, the clip. This one's and up against the Atlanta Braves for the Diamondbacks. So okay, roll it. The dude's head came up to his nipples. I, know, it's, I, I love it. He strike up. He faced 27 men. He got them all up. And he gets mobbed by his teammates out by the mob. It's, it's just got, it's really one of the coolest moments in baseball ever. Is, you want is the best pitchers game. to have yeah. one of those on their record, right? Yeah. You yeah. knew he was a great pitcher. And you, you kind of, that kind of completes the, yeah. the, 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 the you know, it, it, the total storybook of what could be someone's career. But it, Catfish Hunter also had a perfect game. Absolutely. You know, these are great pitchers. The great thing about Randy Johnson's perfect game was he doesn't dial this up until he's 40. So it's not one of those oh. early seasons. He was 40 when he pitched this? The oldest player ever to did look a day over 52. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, that's a mean-looking dude, let alone the six-foot-nine. That's a face... So here's what I want to know, Jeff. How do you face somebody? Because when you look at how tall Randy Johnson is, yeah. how do you adjust your hitting? Because it had to be kind of weird and freaky to see this lanky giant. Where do you look for the release? Where do you do all that? How do you change your, your yeah. hitting? Mm -hmm. um, it's tough. Typically, as a hitter, you'll look at the logo on the hat of the hitter of the pitcher and then adjust to wherever that arm angle is coming from. Ooh. And he, he's a whole different animal as far as trying to pick the baseball up. Not only was he 6'10", but he is coming downhill. He's letting go of the ball maybe about three or four feet later than a normal pitcher. That's what makes it tough, too. So your timing is thrown off because normally you're going to see the ball for maybe another five, six feet as opposed to off Randy Johnson. So you had to adjust the timing of your swing. You had to adjust the quickness of your swing. And obviously the brain has to get involved in recognizing spin, rotations, and velocities all at the same time. He was extremely tough. I didn't have good numbers against him. But uh, if you face a guy that's dialed in like he is, it makes it that much tougher. He creates a tough angle, too, because he's so tall. And uh, the trajectory and the plane that he is pitching from mm -hmm. is completely altered also. So you, as a hitter, you got to create a different angle in your swing to try and combat how he's coming from so high. So how do you wait, prepare? Wait. How do you prepare for a guy who's going to be pitching to you like that in, in sort of practice? Or do you just think, well, you know what? You I'll don't. You don't. Simple as. You wow. can't. Yeah. I, I mean, you could be you could go out there and put your batting practice pitcher on a on stilts, but uh, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> but there's really no way to replicate. And he, cause at the time, he was really the only guy that was over six foot five that I ever faced. So he was another five inches on top of that guy. So Jeff, uh, you're not old enough for this, I don't think. But uh, I know this sounds like yeah, I'm Father Time. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, you, you maybe you're old enough to remember when it happened. You, you surely weren't playing when they reduced the height of the mound. 
Yep. Uh, I was at that was around Bob Gibson, right in the what mid to late sixties. Yeah, yeah. So the to reduce the advantage that the pitcher had over the batter, so that there'd be more hitting and more action. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying here, not to put words in your mouth, but he just took those six inches back, put it on the mound. <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> and gave cool. himself exactly his advantage right. again. So he did. He gave himself the advantage. The advantage that had been subtracted away from a whole generation of baseball players. So we could get more yeah. action and more more scores. Right. That's great. The top scout, the taller pitchers simply because of that um they they may but i mean ultimately it comes down to we talked about it earlier production if you're going out there and getting out mm-hmm. then you're going to be the guy that goes out there for me and there's different guys uh that are tall that have uh, uh you know lower arm angles and things like right. that but it's a lot of the conversation but if you're big throw hard it's going to be an advantage for you and, and pedro, now, pedro wasn't very tall right. he couldn't no. have been even six feet Exactly. No, Pedro, he, yeah, he was for five, the Red nine, Sox. Five, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all and about production. Filth. Look at Fernando with his big fat butt. So I mean, seriously, you know. <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of baseball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a gut and still. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, beauty will be in the eye of the beholder when it comes to baseball. It seems we will take a break. We will be back with total perfection with Jeff Blum and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Stick around. We'll be back shortly. I am Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And we have Jeff Blum and, of course, Neil deGrasse Tyson as our guest today. And we've been chatting about perfect games in baseball, the hardest thing to do in sport, according to the man to my left. Yes. Well, only because it's, it's... By the way, there are harder things to do. There are things that baseball players have done where they no one else has done it. Mm-hmm. For example, Aaron Judge on the Yankees yes. has four strikeouts in three consecutive games. Right. In a playoff, that has never happened in the history of the sport. Right. So you can say that's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, that's something you know, that's, that's some... a record he holds uniquely. Right? But isn't that because there's a statistic for everything yes, in yes. baseball? Yes. And you know why? Because of all the downtime between pitches, the announcers need something to talk about, don't you? <laughs> oh, you nailed it. Busted. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah no, th- hey, that that's the reason why I've got sheets, I've got stats, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's so true, but we that's, just called I mean, that's you out, the beauty dude. of baseball. Because baseball throws up some of the most unique statistics, events. Say offers up rather than throws up. I yeah. will say offers up. <laughs> Thank you. Phrasing. <laughs> Get your, English, Brit. We're, we're get your English him, correct, We're Gary. teaching him English, yeah. American here. All right, sat in front of the class again for English lit. <laughs> right, so anyway, let's not mess about. Jim Abbott's no-hitter. We are very Yankee-centric, but I make no apologies right now. Play this clip, please. Oh. Indians have not had a man pass first base. By Erga, batting 318. What made Jim Abbott so very special? Yeah. Well, because they're, they're a couple of hundred no-hitters. They're, obviously, it's easier to throw a no-hitter than a perfect game. Right. I was unaware However, of this there's... player, this event. Yes, yeah. yes. So did you notice that his glove was sort of resting on his arm? Yeah, exactly. Right, because he doesn't have... A hand. A hand. Right. He has he congenitally yeah. born with only one hand and has always wanted to play baseball. And imagine people saying, oh, you know, you got, you're barking up the wrong tree, fella. You mm. know. And he yeah, said, yeah, no, yeah. I want to play baseball. Mm-hmm. He figured out a way to field 
as a pitcher with one hand. It's right. incredible. So he throws the ball, and it, right out of that th- tossed stroke, his hand, his hand goes into, into the, the glove. glove so that he's ready to field. And catches. Then he will catch the ball, right. put the glove back into his right hand with no hand, his right arm with no right hand, hand, retrieve the ball, and then throw it. And there, there's vi- YouTube clips of him fielding. doing that. Fielding. Okay? Unbelievable. It's so, a triumph. So, Jeff, as, as an infielder, how freaking awesome is Jim Abbott to do this? Or is it just brain and muscle memory? I'm sure brain and muscle memory has to go into it, but I mean, this is years of practice and him trying to figure that out. And obviously, don't ever doubt the human spirit when you say you can't do something and you've got the desire. Because obviously, there was something in that left arm. If there wasn't anything in that left arm, he probably would have shut down baseball and never played again. But he understood he was good enough and figured out a way to make it happen. That's what's remarkable about it. But then to go out there and accomplish something like a no-hitter, you know, kudos to Jim Abbott. I mean, what a miraculous thing. But I don't understand understand as a player and and having watched Jim Abbott, you know, you will try and do this yourself with your own glove and fail miserably. So uh, credit to him. Yeah, man. Just so I get a little weird here. um, Could it be that because he's missing a hand that throws off the batter? Um, you know what? I don't think necessarily because as a hitter, you're focused on that release point. Uh, okay, okay. You know, so yeah. I don't think it really throws off the motion. What's interesting to me is that he can't use that right arm as a cantilever to kind of help him pitch. So he was basically everything was on that left arm. It was a one side of a body thing. Yeah, yeah right. There's none exactly. of this sort of you know balance act that you do with both yeah. hands to get the, the pitch out at high exactly. at the highest speed. To be able to master the technique, not yeah. having the other hand. Yeah. And and the fierce determination as yes. a young person, and like and like you said, Jeff, the 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 will to do to to accomplish yeah. when other people say you can't. Oh my gosh! He must have faced that can't yes. word how many yeah, times yeah, a day? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have one last clip. Oh, uh, yeah, please. What's this? Oh, oh. <laughs> so. Neil, actually, uh, you bought this. Yeah, figure you, out the possibilities of that one. <laughs> yeah. Neil, Neil, you bought this. <laughs> That's up, the hardest <laughs> thing to do. You bought this up earlier, and that is uh, Randy Johnson in, uh, when we were off the air. How do you get that to happen on the radio? Yeah. You, you bought, you uh, we're, You got you to gotta go to StarTalkAllAccess.com so you can Okay, see so this, this is Randy Johnson. This is Randy Johnson. In a game. In a game. Throwing a pitch. And? And a highly unfortunate pigeon flies into the trajectory of this 95 mile an hour fastball and there's nothing left of the pigeon so we've already discussed super bowl day being a bad time to be a chicken to be a chicken because of the chicken wing consumption now, but americans consume 1 million chickens per hour per hour for every oh. hour of the year well now add one dead pigeon <laughs> yeah. that one day, it was a bad day to be a pigeon <laughs> one million and one in that <laughs> play that play the play clip. clip one more time <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> well okay. it, at least it was fast so <laughs> yeah Neil, do you have any statistics on how likely this yeah, is break that down. <laughs> can, can you can you break that down <laughs> one in a zillion pitches there you go <laughs> well that's oh, oh man that's amazing uh, uh and for those of you who want to see that you can either go to youtube or start talk all access and if you are a lover of all things feathered and flying don't go there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. It's hey, listen, good. we we are at the end of our show. Wait, wait just yeah. wait, wait. You're not ending yet because yeah. I got to say, but Neil isn't. Excuse me, Jeff. Jeff, right, let yep. me just let me just compliment the Astros for putting. Uh, you've got a space shuttle on the arm of the absolutely. Uh, and is that one of yep. the memorial ones, or is it just a a, a a standard one? Yes, 
No, that was a, in Memorial. I believe it was a 2003 jersey that we had in okay, the space shuttle launch that for Columbia. Uh, crashed. Yes, Columbia. Yeah, and Houston is of course is is the uh, is place where we have a problem. If, <laughs> if, if we ever have a problem, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if we ever have a problem, we have it in Houston. No, no, no. If you have a problem, you tell Houston about <laughs> right. it. And they help you, you fix call it. And they, right, they'll and fix they get fix that it. straight. Thank you, uh, Houston. That. <laughs> the seat of the manned space program of NASA Absolutely. is Houston uh, Johnson Space Center. There you go. And and a little known fact: when the shuttle Launches from Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, all the control is in Florida until the instant the spacecraft leaves the gantry. Then all control goes, goes to, to Houston. Houston. That's correct because it's off the it's, it's off, off the, the pad. pad. It's get, off the pad. Get the hell out of here! It's like it's Florida like parents with children. Out <laughs> <laughs> my house. I'm done with you. We're done with you. Done. All right. All hey, right. listen. Let's. No, no, I've always liked. I just always liked the fact that Houston, uh, that space is in the culture of Houston. The fact that we even oh, call the Astros. I mean, that's the part of the culture. The Astrodome. There was AstroTurf. Yes. All of this yeah. comes from uh, Houston. So, Houston. and and. and, and let me just. I, we have to stop because we have to do Facebook Live. You can't put this on, but I just would say uh, good luck to the Astros. I mean, we're all just baseball fans here, so yes. let's hope it's a really fun series. And I say just no, the that's opposite. All I'm hoping for Thank is a you, good Jeff. Series. Jeff, here's the deal. I'm not just looking forward to a good series. I want the Yankees to win. <laughs> okay. Through you and Neil right. and your stupid uh, sportsmanship, I hope they <laughs> die a horrible death, and I hope they lose in a sweep. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> okay. The possibility of that is about as much as Aaron Judge hitting another pitch. Oh! 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 But there's a whole lot of explaining to do with that. That is our show. It's been an honor to have Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, with us and his perfect calculations. And, of course, Jeff Blum, our old friend and good friend. Thank you, Jeff. Announcer with the Astros. Uh, That's Playing With Science and the perfect game. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you all soon.